This time on TNT. The Unikaru Part 2. We learn about the personality of dogs and horses. And what is the best all-time Canadian song? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hey, bot. There he is. How's it going? Big day in the Torrance household. You know why? What's going on? Well, I um, was talking to our bud Stokes, who's not just a 45-degree lawn mowing mask. Um, he's also an audio guru, as you know. Yeah. But he he's into the uh, uh, wood-fired pizza oven game. Oh, we've been... Yeah, and you've been... Uh... Have you? T- it's been months now. It's been months. With the- yeah, I, I'm back. I'm off the bench. I'm back in the game. I I ponied up for the propane adapter. Okay. So what um, is that? What is that? Well, you get a, a separate unit. You unscrew the back plate. You screw in the propane adapter. This means I can now instead of with charcoal and wood, I can control the heat easier with propane. Gotcha. Okay. So it's not wood fired per se but I think it'll be easier to manage. And Stokes said he cooks with propane and it's uh, there's a reason there's an expression, now you're cooking with propane. Yeah. Because um, it's easier to control the heat, which is one of the challenges. Um, so tonight is the night. And I said to the girls, all I, all I want in the world is for you guys when you grow up, for people to say, where's the best pizza? Uh, my old man makes it. Oh my God. Class. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm going to try That's, to make some garlic fingers. I love how you're like, all I want is... That's all I want in the world. All I want is for them to think that I'm the best pizza maker on the planet. Do you know, <laughs> I, I was talking about um, I was talking about this on the internet, shooting my mouth off the other day. And I was saying that it's important to accept the things you're not good at. Oh, yeah. Because that frees up more energy to focus on the things you are good at, but also allows you to partner with people who can do what you can't do. Yeah, and it can ruin whatever it is that you're good at if you do that, too, by trying to constantly do things that you're not good at. Exactly. As opposed to focusing on your strengths, for sure. So now, a bud pointed out, and, and I understand this argument, too, he was like, Yes, but wouldn't you say that's a problem in the world right now? People are like, eh, I don't want to try it that. And there is there is something to be said for trying and learning and evolving and overcoming. It's not it's not that's just different. enough to say that's yeah, not really that's, my thing. The, and that I wouldn't say that's, you know, because when you're doing what you're talking about previously, working on something and trying something else, it's it's you're do if as long as you're doing something working on something i think what what they're saying is by not wanting to do anything and the blah mentality that's not what we're talking about at all well for sure. so i i um i wrote this this person back and and separated like i hear you and i i think all the same things that a lot of people do about how you know a lot of people got comfy being at home on serb i'm sure it was no one's preference but if you can stay yeah. home and get paid why wouldn't you want that um, but I, I said, I think in this particular case, I'm not talking about trying versus not trying. I'm trying, I'm talking about playing to your strengths versus accepting your weaknesses. Yeah, um, for sure. But having said that, some of my most proud moments or accomplishments and talking about the Unikaru 12 got me thinking about yeah. this are outside the realm of 
what I normally do. Like simple mm-hmm. carpentry tasks or building a fire pit or uh, making a wood-fired pizza. Like those things are really satisfying when you do something that you didn't know or think you could do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think it's a balance. I think you do have to try stuff. You mm-hmm. can't just write it off as saying like, oh, I can't do that. No, yeah, I got, I got to, yeah, I got to give it to Lisa because she's really good at that stuff. Trying? Uh, well, she just does. She's always doing new things. Whether it's like she's, well, not new things in this regard, but she, you know, that Duolingo, the language app. Yeah. She's had like a, I don't know, like a seven or eight month streak of every day doing uh, Spanish. Wow. Yeah. So she spoke Spanish because she, like. A little bit from going down with her dad all the time to Acapulco as a kid, but then lost a lot of it. So she's been working on it and French, French as well. So French and Spanish every day for nine months. Crazy. So I think she's actually it's primarily sorry. First is French and then Spanish. Um, but so still, can she like, carry on a conversation like pretty <clears throat> well now? She can, un- like, I'll put on a Spanish show and she'll understand mostly what's happening. Depending awesome. on the, the accent of the person or the, the movie or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, it's just that that's, that's something like you can't go wrong as long. But the, the coolest thing is just the chipping away and doing the 20 minutes every single day for months and months. Like, that to me is like, yeah, like, that's wicked because you're. You're kind of getting your mind out of where something for even 20 minutes. And you're also kind of getting, building uh, muscles and stuff in your brain that, that you haven't in a long time, right? By learning a new language. So, and then the consistency, that's, that's the most important thing, I think, is even if it's 20 minutes of exercise, lifting or doing something, every day like it's really hard to do to do something every single day all the time but if if it's just little increments like that uh that's a huge thing because it gives you you know you, you still have your whole day to do whatever you like but it's just a little part of time that it's something completely different but it's consistent right yeah um uh, we worked with the the horses yesterday, and it's something that I don't do enough. And despite promising, like that's I'm gonna make that a priority this year. Life comes up, weather is a factor. If it's icy underfoot, you can't. But yeah. there is a prime example of something that I never imagined I would do. I am doing it so that I can spend more time with Carol, which there there's no such thing as enough. You know, you mm-hmm. feel the same way. Um, but the simple tasks that Amos and I accomplish together bring me so much satisfaction and joy. Yeah. And some of it is verbal, some of it is nonverbal. But the interesting thing that I didn't expect is that he's pumped when we do something together. Like, he's like, wow, dude, that was cool. Oh, wow. No way. And, yeah. and part of this whole natural horsemanship uh, mentality is you guys are a team and you have to work together to accomplish these tasks like amazing race styles. Mm-hmm. So of course, when we do something that neither of us knew we could do, we're both like, that was dope. Yeah. And horses are amazing like that. Eh? Like they like they their personalities are giant. Yeah. 
and it's like they're they're like how smart is a horse like compared to to the dogs for example are they similar is it like or is there more well this this woman that we the uh, work with that carol's worked with for a number of years it's actually a great story and I, i hope she wouldn't mind me talking about her um she's a fascinating person her name is ada and when she was uh, 15, she put an ad on uh, Kijiji and said, I'm natural horseman uh, trainer um, looking for clients. And Ada was unschooled. So not homeschooled, unschooled. Do you know that concept? Unschooled. Yeah. You're, she's, uh, her family's from Russia. Mm-hmm. And the idea is you let your kids tell you this is the thing that I'm really passionate about and really interested in. Okay. And the parents uh, help you gain access to every corner of that particular universe because you're naturally interested in it and going to put the time in because you're passionate about it. So at 15, Ada was, I don't know, one of Canada's foremost natural horse person trainers wow and she knows about their teeth and she knows about their history and she knows about their diet and it's just because she loves horses that much like what an what an interesting notion so she she almost is able to think like a horse and she can say uh i know when i when i got amos and was learning um she said you know in in the wild horses live in fear of lions jumping on their back and dragging them to the ground well, what do we do as riders? We get on their back and reef on the reins, which is their very worst nightmare come true. Mm-hmm. So you have to earn the respect and trust of a horse so that you guys are working as a team. That makes perfect sense, and I can really understand that. Mm-hmm. Ada would tell you that horses are, um, they kind of have the brain capacity of a toddler. Yeah. So sometimes when they're acting out, they're like a bratty toddler. <laughs> And if you, they'll, they'll kind of test you, like, are you in charge? Are you in control? Is everything cool? And part of your job is to reassure, but also give them boundaries. Gotcha. Um, but not in, not in a violent way ever. Like, natural horse personship is not about spurs or whips or any of that stuff. They don't even use bits in the horse's mouth, which is the easiest way, as you might imagine, yeah. to control a horse. Um, it's like... Uh, repetition and gentle love yeah i don't think there's any teaching of whether it's your kid or a dog or whatever where like yelling or smacks or are good <laughs> you know what no. i mean like it's a stupid way to learn that's not a way to learn it's it's the opposite of learning you're teaching something completely different you're teaching abuse <laughs> it's true and yet yeah it, um for example with joy who is a lot of dog, as you know, the trainer said, stand outside Tim Hortons and let her meet 100 people a day. And (laughs) then we got her during the pandemic. You couldn't. Yeah. So, um... That's a good idea, actually. Rebel's terrible with other dogs and people. I should do something like that. Right, he's not socialized. No, he's just so stupid and acts the fool. So now add 100 pounds (laughs) to Rebel... Yeah, and imagine no. every time someone walks through the door, Joy's hugging them around the neck because she oh, thinks yeah. they're there to see her. Yeah, you can't. Um, so the uh, we did as as most people do nowadays, kind of uh, reward good behavior. Yeah, um, which is easy if you have a pocket full of steak bites. Sure, but if there's no 
negative um, reinforcement for bad behavior, like uh, all the experts will say, oh, no, you just wait until she's behaving better and then reward her for that. Mm -hmm. But you, you're kind of, you don't really have a tool in the moment when there's a courier and she's bucking like a Bronco. Like <sighs> you're just supposed to kind of wait till she stops doing that and then give her a piece of steak. I, I know why all the reasons why uh, we don't train negatively or physically or all that stuff, but I wish I had more tools to discourage know, bad behavior. I know, I know, because that, that the other thing is like, they ha think they have a job, right? Yes. So Re rebel is like, I bark when I hear someone at the door or I see somebody, that's my thing. I, I go crazy if I hear something. So maybe that uh, whatever happens with the two seconds when, when people come in, like Joy might think that's a positive thing, like getting up and right into people's faces, right? Just, Just doing a job. Like, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and well, maybe partying a little too hard, right? Like getting too fired up about guests. Yeah, but we, we talked to a, a dog expert who was like, the, lots of people get guard dogs, and then they'll call yeah. me and say, can you make it stop doing the thing that you got it do. for? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I can't. Get a different dog or don't get a dog. You got yeah. a dog because you wanted them to bark when people came to your house. That's what it's doing. Yeah. So I, I think the experts would probably say distraction method is uh is the move like don't it's not that you're um discouraging bad behavior you're offering her a better choice which is like yeah I, I understand i understand the psychology of that and all the reasons why that's good but sometimes you need just something quick yes or no i find that's like the other thing about dogs and i know we're still talking about the horses but the dog thing about dogs when they do sometimes have quirks that, like, I think are more primal. Like, for instance, sometimes Rebel will m make those marks, like, the, you know, the big yellow, super dark pee, <laughs> like, splat. Yeah. Like, on, like, if, so if a bag's been left out, all of a sudden, like, there's pee on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if there's, if he's stressing out and there's nobody home, he'll, like, fire one on the, like, yeah corner of by a door like at the front door or a side door you know what i mean just like and it's he's can't stop doing it we you know we we they they the the professionals say you have to catch them in the act but he only does that when there's nobody around so it's like i don't know how can you catch him in the act when he's doing something that he even know i'm sure when he finishes he's like oh god i did it again i can't stop because he acts weird when you come in the house until you find it he's all freaking out like ah, he's upset so you can tell he's done it because he won't look you in the eye and he's like yeah, lying his bed yeah. and stuff because he yeah, knows it's yeah. wrong he's like, yeah yeah but he can't not do it right like it's just something that ha uh, apparently foxes like if some people try to domesticate and they have foxes but they they do that too like they will you'll never get a fox to stop marking its territory like it's just something that it's beyond like uh rules well that's that's know? the thing like um joy is a hundred pounds more than rebel a horse mm -hmm. is a thousand pounds <laughs> yeah, yeah more than rebel imagine that so <laughs> they're still animals they still react by instinct 
Yeah. So if a snake or a leaf blew or a branch snapped or whatever on a trail ride, they're still going to react the way we probably would. Yeah. So your whole training, from what I gather, is to like, okay, if the wheels come off the bus, let's stay cool. Let's equip each other with the tools we need to kind of get out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you freak... They pick up on the fact that you're freaking, and that makes them yeah, freak yeah. out even more. Um, so what what I didn't know, I kind of thought a horse was a horse, but they, they do have different personalities. Amos is really pushy, and he's a bud, but he's like, yeah. hey, open the door. I need a second. Open the door. <laughs> it starts getting mad. I need mad. a second. Well, he... He, if the window's open in his stall, he can open the door. Like he can open the clasp and open the door himself. So he's yeah. he's kind of pushy. Um, and Carol's horse Lily is very uh, um, wants to wants to please, like so anxious to please that she's a little bit uh, paralyzed sometimes. Just mm-hmm. wants to do the right thing, which is a really sweet kind of instinct. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing I like about it is it forces you to be present because if you're Mm -hmm. looking at your phone while you're standing there with him like it can go sideways in one second he could whip his head around and knock me out oh man yeah or any kind of like like you said if something like a mouse runs by it's as scared as you are yeah (laughs) right like that that would be bad yeah and (laughs) and like um if one of them is like wait what was that the other two are like wait what was that they can freak each other out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why they're herd animals. When we just had copper, I guess like in a thunderstorm or something, they like to have another friend there to like, are you freaked out? Kind of. Are you? Kind of. Okay, but we're all right. They oh, kinda my God. And talk it's, each it's, other it's, down. It's so funny with horses when they look scared, like their eyes. They, yeah. <laughs> it might be the most like pronounced scared ever in the world is the horse eye right when it's like ah well and their ears the too, wide yeah. the telescopic ears and they have big blind spots so yeah. if you stand right in front of a horse it can't see you yeah um and, and they probably don't yeah they, that's awesome i forget the name of the uh it's not a condition but just the way they learn is if we amos and i do something on the right side 10 times and he totally gets it when you go to the left side you're starting from scratch there's no like oh it's i see it's the same thing we were doing Uh just on this side now it's a perspective either way with with them so you have to do what the opposite to learn both ways everything man so if i mean it's the great equalizer because if horses were smarter than us that we'd be in big trouble right yeah for sure it'd rule the world wow gotta love it there you go horse buds unikaru and working with horses but all that to say it's important to try new things even if you suck at them because that's what life is about the uh and and the bottom line is the unikaru kind of got sidelined because you got sick of making pizzas that were burnt on the outside and not finished in the middle exactly yeah but to be very clear, it's operator error. It's not the yeah. unit. The uni is great. I know, but like you have, like this means like you got to be like sh- shoving that thing in there and turning it a bunch. Yeah. And like, get out of here! Like you, what? This not a. I mean, it's not like you're you got a, a wife beater on, and you know what I mean. And you're throwing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like all sweaty. No, it's not like that like, at all. It's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that even a bit. 
Um, in you fact, uh, all sweaty and a toothpick in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> like tossing it in the air. Hey. A, a, a hairnet. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rich Graham is the bod's name who listens to the pod. He works with Uni and he has been very kind to offer me tech support in my DMs. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, want to make sure that I'm not dissing Uni because I'm not. No, no, it's it's, it's I, I get it, man. Because it's a number one, it's a big investment to get one of those things, but the fact that it's slightly an art form that you got to kind of get, <laughs> and there's there's like learning curves that are, are steep on some respects, right? Because con- controlling heat when it's not a consistent, even, yes. Uh, thing oh well and rich made a very good point which is so just try it less hot for a bit longer like right sounds yeah. so obvious when you say but that that's way. the thing how do you how do you it's almost like it's hard enough to get a barbecue when it's really hot to a little bit less hot instead of too not hot right like when it's uh wood and fire like how the hell can you how can you control that venting like, oh we need a Take a log off? What the fuck? Could you yeah, give I know. me? You know, get out of here. Take a log away? Like, no way. Do you know, Carol and I had a funny <laughs> moment before Christmas where she was like, I feel like I, I've um, had a few misfires lately with <laughs> things that I've given you as gifts. And I, oh. I was like, Carol, the only misfires you've had are things that I have suggested. Like, you know what I'd like? I'd like a, a heavy bag. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'd like is a telescope. She gives awesome and perfect yeah, yeah. gifts. It's only yeah. when I'm like, you know what? I don't have a list, but I wouldn't mind a this that it's you just uh, throw it like too too ambitious. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, just because I said it six months ago. I like the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. And um, she's the, got the she's got the ears open just to try to find the perfect gift. Exactly. Like remember that put, thing you said in March? Yeah. Here it is. Um, but I'm committed to uh, seeing the Unikaru through. On the subject st- of uh, food and restaurants, the McDonald's that I worked at in 1988 on Quimple Road in Halifax was... Oh, yeah. It's closed now. It's just being torn oh. down. Wow. I, I was reminded of uh, <laughs> when I started there. Uh, I'd been working there a little bit, but still pretty wet behind the ears and... I can't remember if it was Alfred or Sheldon, my managers. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them told me to take the French fry rack across the street, which is a busy road, to the gas station to get the wheels aligned. And Wow, I, the I, whole French fries thing. I posted about this the other day, and people were like, oh, man, I was sent to a neighboring restaurant to get a bucket of steam. I guess <gasps> I didn't realize how much the new person uh, initiation prank... Is a so what is that? The what's thing. the fr- what's the the fr- French fry rack? I th- it's not so. I thought I'm picturing like a whole thing you had to push. Like yeah, a, yeah. It's like a, probably six and a half feet tall or higher, and you hang the baskets on it, and it's on oh. wheels. Okay. And so I had to push it across a busy road and traffic no to the gas way. station because they said, told me the wheels had to get aligned. And when I got there, the guy was like, "Buddy, yeah, turn get, around." Yeah. Get- and I turn around, and They're everybody like in the restaurant had their nose pressed up against the glass, laughing. What kind of manager gullible. is that? That's a dirty move, though. It's not funny at all. 
What I hate those kind of jokes, man. I hate those jokes. I know, but you guys like must have had some road pranks. I think I've heard a couple over the years. <laughs> what do you mean road pranks? Like doing stuff at the, on the road? Yeah, yeah like for sure. Hotels That's and stuff. Oh, you mean like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, like sending somebody to the wolves like that, though? Yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of the sending the guy to the wolves stuff. No. I mean... Probably had some fun with opening acts and stuff, like messing around with them, but not, never like something that bad. Like what? Unplugging a Marshall stack? LOL. No, like putting stink bombs on stage when they're like <laughs> practicing and trying to work on songs, and then like, uh, I think one I I get them to start talking about inner like band politics, and oh, one time no. I got I got them all to start fighting. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you should tell Dennis that. Over over songwriting and stuff. You gotta tell him, Really really personal stuff. Who of the bands that opened for you over the years... uh, It's a two-part question. Who of the bands that opened for you over the years were you like, man, these people are unbelievable? And who of the bands that opened for you over the years like took off like they opened for us in the early days and now look at them lots of well i mean lots of bands that were like at the time like uh cake remember that band you know the guy with the trumpet they opened up for us once in california and i thought they were really cool and obviously they went on a um space hog remember that band who they decides only that? that? Is that a label hit. thing, or is that do you guys decide that? Uh, no, usually it's a label thing. If, if it's a band you don't know in the states somewhere, like it's obviously you don't you don't know who it is. But there was like festivals. I mean, like Somersault had a bunch of like some forty one was their first tour was the Somersault tour, and then Eve Six and like a lot of those nineties bands. Yeah, like, but. Uh, in terms of uh, seeing somebody that I didn't know previously, I don't know. I wish I had more experiences. I know, I know, I, I had like Jeff Buckley seeing him at the Danforth Music Hall. I, that was pretty insane. So who who was he at that time? Like just kind of unknown guy starting out, or well, I'd know, I in knew. Town? I knew who he was because, like, I we were on the same label in Columbia in in America. So I heard the first time they signed him, Richard Walker let me hear uh, Grace, the first record before like it came out, and I was like, "Holy fuck, this kid is insane!" And uh, when I saw him live opening for Juliana Hatfield, wow, I uh, he blew me away. I was like, "That's insane!" But I mean, I don't know if. Uh, trying to think if there were bands that we were opening i don't know there was there uh it was more like bands that i liked that never became popular that was another thing (laughs) like salvador dream was a great band that i thought were great uh change of heart was another awesome band that i thought would be huge ian blurton such a great guitar player and then they, you know, everything Ian's ever done has been incredible and fantastic. It's just I wish the world would have caught on a little more and made him rich. You know what I mean? 
Why do I know change of heart? Because they've been around since the 80s, late 80s. And they were awesome, always. And then Ian Blurt and everything he's ever done has been is fantastic. He's such a great singer and a guitar player. But yeah. <laughs> um, it actually dovetails nicely into the uh, game I want to play after we take a break. All right, perfect. Sounds good. BRB, bud. Here comes a jam for this new... You got a game for us? Here, Here's the... Uh, a classic Canadianity jam right here. To, Let's hear it. To tee it up. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> you know, um, somehow our family group chat has become named the boss. What? The, what's that? The our name family Dubai? group chat is called the boss. Okay. I don't know how it got that name. Like you and, and the girls? Yeah. Okay. The boys? The boys. <laughs> it reminds me of Green Day. Green Day. Ducky and it's So there's a guy named Craig Baird, who's a Canadian um, historian. Yeah. And uh, he's Oh, on, I know him on, on the Twitter machine there. Exactly. He's always doing the, the AI Canadians and stuff. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. A word on social media before we get to this game i I'm, I'm on the instagram now as you know and i'm sort of yes uh, that's right trying to Welcome. navigate it and figure out what it does and what it's for and uh if i like it and how to use it and all that when yeah. s- when something happens like uh joe coy hosting um the emmys and being terrible i miss twitter yeah, I, I miss the place to gather to discuss something like that because it doesn't feel like Instagram is the place. Yeah, it's not discussions more. It's more. Uh, um, hey, it's look more at this response. Thing. Yeah, it's it's also commenting, but yeah, it's not as much dialogue. And and I think what I'm uh, what I'm wrestling with is I I miss what Twitter used to be. And I just have to accept that it's not really that anymore because yeah, it's, it's a cesspool now. So you get you, it's too it's horif- horrifying. Yeah, and and people that I follow don't seem to see what I post, and people that I don't follow, my feed is uh, clogged with that. Yeah, um, but all that to say, I, I miss I miss the community gathering place to rehash and debrief and discuss. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the... Uh, there are people trying to do that. Like, Threads is trying to do that, but it's not... The problem with Threads is you can't find out news or search news or, in, in like, whatever topical information the same way. You just get what you follow, which is... Hmm. That was what was good about Twitter is if something happened, you could kind of, you know, hear it just from the scroll of what you're looking at instead of like or you could you know put in a word and try and find out more on that topic the problem with twitter now is it's just because the the way that they have the algorithms they basically show you stuff more that pisses you off than like stuff that you like yeah you know and also, like just the fact that the way that Elon Musk has the blue check verified people thing, it's like you have the assholes all at the top 
and you don't like if you're looking at comments you don't see anything real until you start like halfway to the bottom where it's like unverified people and all the verified people are all like these crazy right-wing nutcases or just troll like trolls like trolls are are actually treated as the number one uh person f- for the new twitter right you know, which like, is really if you're, weird like that's what they want the most is people the the squeaky wheels that just want to f- just kind of the molotov cocktail types so and is the strategy it. there i mean i know this sounds very obvious but is the strategy that if i see enough posts that say actually trump is awesome and biden's mind is slipping <laughs> that it's going to change my outlook or is it not even that considered and overt well it's like if if you um you know for me i like to to find out about like whatever sports or whatever new like news things that are happening and then it's also the reaction of people that i like on on twitter so it's like if if i if i'm following one thing and then i happen to see like i don't know for some reason they'll show like i don't follow pierre polyev but like i get every tweet that he writes hmm. in my feed you know what i mean because if anything uh if you react to something that somebody says then boom you get their feed right away all the time so i have people that i follow that um wait are kind say of, that again if i reacted to a pierre polyev tweet i would suddenly you're gonna see get, yeah more of his oh, tweets wow yeah yeah for sure so so it's like you have to kind of like walk with eggshells if you're trying to find things out otherwise you're just gonna get like rebel news wow <laughs> and you know what i mean like That's whatever why all i get is goalie fights yeah exactly <laughs> crazy yeah for sure it's weird that way like it's it's designed to kind of um spark fires because that's you know god knows he's not getting the money from advertising because like you see and you literally see like all i see now are those ads about canadian celebrities that are like going to jail Sidney crosby's dead you know, like Michael Bublé strangled his neighbor. Yeah, the Lisa like, Lowe looking like, laugh. Yeah, she yeah. got hit hard. Yeah, like what the hell's going on? Like how can they? How is that like a campaign that I you can get? And it's always CTV if you notice. Like, yeah, there's always right. like a a CTV logo in there. So it's like, what the fuck is that? Like right. Tanya Kim popped off. Like seriously, Pe- Pe- Bell. Uh, like that's what they're doing for an ad campaign let's go with like roasting Canadian celebrities and lying about them as a campaign like well, it makes I no thought... sense under and every ad it's like some like troll account with th- 10 numbers but so you I, have to block I thought them I read all somewhere that that has uh, uh, has to do with crypto because they're trying to get you to click out of this platform into another platform where there are oh, crypto man. ads. Even even worse, because those are sponsored ads that are like literally troll accounts. So it's like the whole idea: oh, I'm going to clean this place up and get rid of the bots. Yet that's all it's become. It's hmm. crazy. And then you look at like you'll look at a tweet, that, and then you just see in sports, for example, like. Uh, 
when they're talking about the Canadian hockey thing, like the the Hockey Canada, the the yeah. ridiculous, the insane allegations of that poor girl that was uh, yeah. gang raped, like that that that, like you'll look at one of those those. Uh, Posts and then it's like, well, I don't know who you're talking to, but oh, this sounds like they made it up. Like, like the, the, you know what I mean? Like the first twenty five percent of the comments are like people saying this is bullshit. Wow, it's unbelievable. It's disgusting. Well, I mean that that uh, issue is so heartbreaking and um, uh, inconceivable. Like. Hockey Canada really made the wrong decision at every turn. Yeah. And when you think that, you know, where I live, for example, DeBert, Nova Scotia, this tiny, poor um, uh, part of the world, um, not not poor, but it's an older rink, for example, and they don't have a lot of money, and they're paying into Hockey Canada to legitimize the sport and be able yeah. to play under a set of rules, and some of that money is being used to quietly pay off uh, a woman who uh, had every parent's worst nightmare happen yeah. to them. Like, I, it makes me sick. No, it's terrible. It's um, unbelievable. But one of the things that I used to uh, really enjoy about Twitter, and maybe this is reckless because it's an echo chamber. I could curate curate my experience. So I followed mm-hmm. the Oilers. I followed the Writers Guild of Canada and the New York Times. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, in fairness, I was only hearing my <laughs> interests and things that I believe and appeal to me. And maybe that's part of the problem with the world is that nobody is considering the other side enough. But now I feel like all I get is the other side and I don't get yeah. any of the things that I would choose to follow. Yeah. Like if you're following the Oilers, like they, were, they put the, I saw a tweet by them with the, they're putting pride tape on their sticks and yeah. like all the blue checks underneath like well i'm not watching this tonight like all oh, this is bullshit this is i got i don't watch hockey for this crap like wow that's so what the, we gotta fish through jump to the top absolutely mm. for sure it's just uh that's the way of of that social media platform now it's just like it's it's more about causing uh fights and stirring it up and kind of makes sense that elon elon that's probably what he really wants and that why he bought it in the first place was basically to become the Rupert Murdoch of social media which is just hardcore right-wing beliefs on a social media platform the same way that Fox News and all those other rags that uh, Murdoch put out around the world to to facilitate fear and uh, bringing propaganda basically to, to to divide people's countries so i, I and guess now he wants to do that on on the computer everyone's phones you know my question is and it it's the same with um same question with trump like you either believe trump is a mastermind and orchestrated uh this nightmare or worse he's reactive and uh um impulsive and uh, willy nilly, and they're both scary, but for different reasons. So did well, Elon, yeah. did Elon Musk think I'm going to buy Twitter because this is my I want to uh, get my right wing beliefs out into the world, or it does he believe uh, those beliefs 
and he just bought Twitter, and so naturally that is happening with it. Well, you just said it earlier. Like, like was, I it, miss... was it deliberate or oblivious? It's deliberate for sure, um, because if you, you already mentioned like how you miss Twitter being kind of a wholesome place where you, at least you're, you know, you follow a ABC and you get ABC's dialogue, and now you're getting rhetoric and yeah. Yeah, you're just getting the opposite of that. And and Elon himself, it's like um he's real like it literally is that. Like he's always talking about the American border or ripping on Biden. It's like it's just the same old shit that you see from Ben Shapiro. He hangs out with all these people. The all these hardcore right-wing political figures are his boys. So it's like there's there's no secret in that that like he wants to kind of control that side of things and it's just he's pissed off that um by going that route all the advertisers have left well but that's the question like as a businessman it's such bad business he took this profitable thing and he's driving it into the ground does he care about that I, that's what I'm saying. I think he doesn't care that it's driving it into the ground. I think he just cares now that Twitter can't do what it used to do. So you think he like cares for, now? For, for elections and everything else, Twitter has kind of changed, and he's he's okay with the loss of, of income because he's, again, he's basically um, put it, put it out, put the fire out. Twitter really was kind of designed for uh, proper, real, honest, free speech in a sense, where um, you had people around the world that in struggling countries, that was where they would go to communicate on, on uh, you know, moralistic and, and just values that are important. Twitter was a place for, for, for that. It still is to some de- degree in countries that aren't you know that are in in turmoil but um the big picture is he doesn't like he doesn't care about the loss it's just he's just stopped and put in kind of a a a damper on what twitter can be during elections and any kind of democratic voting systems or campaigns like just campaigns just to make people like it's like the way that uh, you just see the divide, like look at how there's there's you know situations like Alberta with the the cost of energy there now. That Danielle Smith like talking about she wants to be Ron DeSantis's homie, like just that's dealing with that shit too. Like, um, you know, like uh, the the nutcases on Twitter that you have they have. Like the Freedom Convoy people, and just they have such a bigger, uh, I guess, megaphone with the way Twitter is now than what it was, you know, before Elon owned it. Um, but I think as a business person, he might like no business person who has achieved what he has. Uh, would be okay with this outcome like there's but no th- way to yeah. reframe this as a win but that's what i'm saying he's got so much money that that uh the loss for him 
is worth it because he's actually getting what he wants in a way, you know? Um, when you're worth 200 billion and 40 billion doesn't seem like as much of a loss. Yeah, I guess. How many, how many people in the world can say 40 billion doesn't really affect their life? <laughs> that law, like, come on. Did you happen to see Rolling Stone put out an article uh, about the White House pharmacy when Trump was in power? Oh, yeah, the crazy oh pills coming gosh. across. Yeah, just crushing everything, like hardcore painkillers. Yeah. Like fentanyl was one of them. Yeah, yeah. And anyone could pick them up, which is um, convenient, too. Um, anyway, back to Craig yes. Baird, uh, who is, um, as we said, uh, a Canadian sort of historian guy. He's on Twitter. Um, he was doing this thing. It's not really a game so much as a topic of conversation. He's trying to find the best Canadian song of all time. Mm -hmm. So I thought I would throw out a couple of head-to-headers and let you talk them out. Okay. Maybe there's an obvious winner in each duel. Um, yeah. I think I think currently, if I had a million dollars, is number one. I know Gord has uh, four or five songs in the top twenty. It's mm -hmm. it's so hard because you have to consider, like, what are the criteria aside from it being recorded in Canada? Does it have to be a part of our history or a known songwriter? So inevitably, it's like it's like on the inevitably. If it's you know if he, if it, if he's doing this, this is just a product of his followers, basically. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, that's what? why you're gonna see. That's why you're gonna see primarily like old, like older school artists crush other ones, like newer ones, and you know what I mean. Like they'll be the because I saw I saw that, and it was Navid versus Barney Bentall, and Barney Bentall won. So I'm really like, I'm like yeah I'm like okay. I get, I get it. Well, I guess here's but the thing. Come it's, on. Like, it's like Canadian TV shows. He also can said you rain. He also on television versus uh, beachcombers. Yeah, Not really. I, well, I got pissed off because I was like, first of all, we lost. Second of all, he said Rain wrote Navid, which is bullshit. The band wrote Navid. Like, so go. I don't know. So whatever. See, this I, is I good. Got pro I got a problem with the with the list. Okay, good. <laughs> That's a great jumping off place. <laughs> Um, let's start with a softball. Uh, I okay. go blind, or if I had a rocket launcher. Oh, oh man! Initially, I'm like, I want to like jump right on the Bruce train, but I'm like, hold up, I go blind's a pretty great song. I know, and they're very different. I know, but and they're like worth, worth pointing out that I go blind really started to get traction when Hootie covered it. Oh yeah, for sure massive that's kind of what gave it the real propel like propelled it to uh probably one of the biggest songs known canadian songs in the 90s that's for sure because like of, tom cochran saying hit. he made more from yeah. rascal flats the, covering life is a highway totally. than he did in his whole career a hundred percent yes for sure it's a great song i go blind and Great so song. is Rocket Launcher. They're so different. Like, it's actually stupid to compare these two songs. <laughs> but, but, like, to say one is better than the other. But, um, like, I love the Rocket Launcher. is such a great song because, first and foremost, uh, it the, it's a jam, like, musically. Like, yeah. If it was different lyrics, it, could, it would still be a banger. 
Right. And it's like an intense and and very musically fresh and like cutting edge, right? Right. I'm at my so, cousin Tina's. <laughs> she's wearing so, a beret. Like just change the lyrics and it's still a banger. But the, yeah, but like the, yeah, the riff, the oh, the, the 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 jam is just killer. So it's kind of like uh like you know you would you would put that song in to be like okay this is like if no one had heard it you're like I want this to get behind this because it, it's like so like it checks off the musicianship the performance the the you know whatever the chords are crazy like everything turkey like it's not something you could just Thanksgiving like, day. like like if you if you had an acoustic and you're playing that song and someone would be like fucking that guy can play man like yeah. that, that's like you know what i mean i go blind is more kind of chill uh way simpler but that's almost amazing as well right like to be able to create something so easy and and naked and nice it's it's uh it's really kind of like comparing it's like comparing uh something really complicated and cool with something very simple and cool <laughs> they, it's like i don't it's something that you would never do <laughs> doesn't make sense to uh and because like you know i have as much as i love bruce colburn like, because everybody has personal reasons why they like these things. So it's like, oh, I don't really know Bruce Colburn other than, than meeting him with you that day when we got to bring him on stage Yeah, at Mariposa. But 5440, like, that was my first tour. Uh, what you know, do you mean? The, get, the first tour, like, uh, OLP ever did, I think. Like, the East Coast, for sure, with, was with 5440. Like, you and guys we were opening up for them? For them? Yeah, we, they were our label mates, the big brothers at the label at Sony, and they uh, took us out cool. like, uh, on our first record and, you know, a bunch, and we're amazing people. So I have a huge affinity for 5440 as people, uh, big love for those guys. So it's hard for me to pick, man. I, I, I think uh, personally, just because of my history, I would go with 5440. Okay. You know? Certainly not. Uh, certainly not better. It's just that's why. <laughs> Here's this fun game that's like, oh my god! Like you have a migraine now. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure it out because it means so much. Yeah, for sure. Here's another duo. Okay. I will give you What's everything. It? Sky Diggers. Everybody knows Leonard Cohen. Damn. <laughs> uh. uh. I think I'm going to go with the Diggers. Really? Sky Diggers. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, I know those guys. Nice, beautiful guys. Um, and uh, Leonard Cohen I like and I know, but he gets he always gets enough credit anyway. And in this situation, like, that's a special song. It's a beautiful song by the Sky Diggers. Really um, great song. While we're here, I think for each of the artists that we mentioned we should both have to say what's their one song so that, you yeah. have to you, there's an alien you have to play them a bruce coburn song what song are you playing okay uh alien shows up uh i think i'd hit him with wondering where the lions are i oh. think that would get i think that would get us over pretty good it's so good 
right? It's so good. I think they'd be like, Beetle, Beetle, you guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not exterminate them. Now we do are wondering where the lions are. <laughs> Hold up, Beetle, Beetle, Let's not kill them all. Do de loodly dee dee dee. Um, I was gonna go diamonds, but you're right. It's where the lions are. Yeah. But diamonds is a giant. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, who was the safe. other band in our first act? Oh, oh, fifty-four forty. I'm going Ocean Pearl. Oh yeah. What's Ocean your one Pearl? song? Fifty-four forty. Um. I'm going to go deep and go with one gun. Leonard Cohen, what's your one song? Uh, Bird on a Wire. Mm. Easy. I'm going to go Closing Time. That's a good one. He was on the route Friday night with Ralph Benmergi when I was working at CBC. I got to watch the in-house feed. Yeah, and, uh, that was kind of his comeback jam, right? Yeah, and it it has yeah. East Coast vibes. Sure, that's um, a good song. Sky Diggers. I will give you everything. Yeah, for sure. Okay, here's another tilt. Somewhere down okay. the crazy river, Robbie Robertson versus When the Night Feels My Song, Bedouin Sound Clash. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bedwin because Robbie Robertson I don't like him or I didn't like him rest in peace really but it's personal so again I'm being personal what so do you it mean it's have personal anything. like for example my mom went out on dates with Robbie Robertson and said he was uh, one date and said he was a uh, said he was a lech huh. <laughs> he was right handsy. Was he? He's right hand. Yeah. With yeah. Pearl? Andy. Ro- Andy robbed the others of publishing, like literally, like handing, like when you hand the masters to the record company, saying like Robbie Robertson, written by everything by. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Like try and tell me, Levon doesn't deserve fifty percent of everything, even though it's like if there's five of them split it up five ways. Those guys making music like that, being that talented individually. And Levon taught them everything they know, according to, uh, you know, Ronnie Hawkins. He's like, don't ever let anyone tell anybody. Levon taught that band everything what to do from getting up in the morning to go to bed. While we're here, best uh, Robbie song of all time. Uh, like, um... Oh my gosh! The next one's gonna make you furious. The best, ba- the wait. best, my favorite band song, because it's so, like because he wrote his name on everything. Uh, Stage fright's a pretty good one. Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, because that, that that song's about Robbie Robertson's stage fright. So I'll give him I'll give him the credit for that. Oh neat. He would he had massive stage fright. I'm gonna okay. go uh um what about now? 
because of the Peter Gabriel and Aaron Neville cameos. It's too far nice. away. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That is a good one. Um, okay, Diamonds, Diamonds, Max Webster, or Stitches, Sean Mendez. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's the kids, though, right? You can't argue with the kids. I know. But I'm going to go with Max Webster. That's a jam. Diamonds is a jam. We're Such of a, a certain jam. age. Well, that's a great song. Um, Fly by Night, Chilliwack, or Summer of 69. I'm going rogue now. Summer of 69 or Chili's? Yeah. The original Chili Peppers? No, no, no. Fly by Night. No, Fly no night. I know. Chilliwack. The ultimate, my Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Summer of 69 is such a Jim Valance jammer, right? Jim Valance sold his publishing, right? He did one of those, like, uh... He sold your... Yeah, yeah. To whom did he sell it? I don't know, whatever, Hypnosis or one of those companies. Uh, I'm gonna probably... go with... Summer of 69, just because it's, like, left its mark, in a sense. Yep. My boy, uh... Pat Stewart on the drums there. I'm going to go all-time Adam's Jam. I'm going to go straight from the heart. Oh, yeah? It's a great song. I think I'd leave it as it is in Summer of 69. Um, oh, What a Feeling or Black Velvet? Oh, What a Feeling by April Wine? Crowbar. Or, who? Crowbar. Oh, what a feeling. Okay, oh yeah. That's like the classic one-hit one hit wonder from the 60s. Yeah. Super hippie vibes in that one. Late 60s, like early even, 70s? Yeah, it's got like the breakdowns with the people saying the cheap lines and stuff. Right? It's got like the dialogues. Was it Crowbar and Black Velvet? Isn't that the much music guy that wrote that yeah, with Chris her? Ward. Yeah. Hey, do that you know what a, other... That was big. Do you know what other song has uh, the breakdowns in it? She Ain't Pretty. I call her dad uh, to say oh, yeah. the thing. She yeah, they got the phone. <laughs> it's... Um, uh, I, I understand. I know what they meant. <laughs> we should do a... Top five annoying break-ins and songs. Yeah. Because Crowbar is even worse than when they do in the, in the Oh, What a Feeling. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, it's Oh, What a Feeling, I guess I'll go with that. Because it's older. Even though, yeah, well, it's just kind of fun and stupid. Okay, Could I Be Your Girl, Jan Arden, or Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gord? Come on. I mean, I love Jan, and that's a jam. It is a jam. But that's an unfair... Like, come on, that's like... <laughs> like, we're going up against the hip. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know, but the whole thing is unfair. What's I another know, song, if I could read your mind, like or every, courage? Like, every single s setup, it's like... Uh, you know, it's it, it's just... They're so either so, so different that it's hard to compare, or, like, one is, like in you know the the song hall of fame 
or a great song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's like Leonard Cohen or Soul Decision. Yeah, like, <laughs> like obviously I'm going with Gord on that one. Like as much as I love Jan, I feel like you kind of. I mean, I I'm biased, of course, but I don't see a what? world in which he doesn't win, unless he splits no. the vote. Because as I mentioned, he has four in the top twenty, but the bare naked I mean, again, in first position. That's let's face it. Again, at the end of the day, this is means absolutely nothing. Yes, although it would be a fun game to play with Ed because I yeah, I feel like he sure. has very strong oh, yeah, he'd, opinions. He'd and be knowledge. very passionate. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Like that's that's what the, these games are about. That stuff. Like if you can find yourself someone with the knowledge, and it's worth it because you get to pick your brain, their brain about it. So I'm gonna tell Ed we got to have a we got to have a night and play this game. I remember. Uh, we probably talked about it when the hip did their last show, but Joseph Boyden wrote an article, I think for McLean's about the cultural impact of the hip on this country. And he said all across the country, people are scavenging on the beach to pick up pieces of memories they have associated with this band. Like remember the time Susie drank too much, or this is where I met my husband at one yeah. of their concerts. And it's true. It all comes down to your personal experience with the song at a given point in your oh, life. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so For subjective. Sure. Yeah. Like, one song, you just, you've heard it, and, like, say, pick two songs from 1987, and one of them, you're, you just remember it, and the other one, you're like, you know, it's the first time you're, like, intimate with a girl or whatever right <laughs> obviously you're gonna have soul more, city. more feelings for soul city <laughs> first time you went to soul city but good job bud. like that's it's good chatting butch for sure but I, I had a lot of people come up to me and they'll say something ridiculous my first whatever oh, to I this bet. song it's like yeah can't argue with that and that's not gonna really change it's gonna be your top that's the good stuff Good stuff and good chatting. Good chatting.